Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Third hour, OutKick 360 is here from Nashville, 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Talking uh, NFL, college football, Major League Baseball headlines from the July 4th weekend. We hope all of you had a safe and happy 4th of July. I was surprised, guys. The uh, the fireworks did not last deep into the, the overnight like I thought they might last night. Not that it bothers me, but I'm, no, I know it bothers a lot of people um, throughout the, the neighborhood. I didn't hear very many of them I after also, like 11 o'clock. I, you know, I got home at like 10-something maybe on both saturday night and sunday night from sounds game nsc game and there was nothing lingering which was pleasing to me because uh, as i've said i've got a dog that's in a panic state so it was over by the time we got home both nights and last night like you said that in my neighborhood also did not linger long people maybe coming to their senses or their budget takes them only so far or the weekend allowed them to fire them off i don't know about you guys but my allergies are at an all-time high on 4th of July night in the next day. And I think this year is a combination of I mowed my yard and weed-eated okay. the morning of the 4th, and then I was in the grass. I'm allergic to grass, and I'm in the grass all day. And then it doesn't hit until that night where I had a sneezing fit. I woke up, had three sneezing fits, and I still feel like I've got hay fever right now. But also, there's something with the air quality and the smoke that I'm inhaling with fireworks with little kids and driving through my neighborhood last night, it wasn't the noise that was a problem. I heard a few fireworks go off after 10 p.m. No big deal. They're, yeah. they're far enough away. But, I mean, I'm driving through my neighborhood in a fog of smoke. Like, when you get into neighborhoods that shoot off a lot of fireworks, there is a thick layer of smoke that you're in the entire time. That bothers me. Well, I think the utter lack of rain in middle Tennessee for so, so long has messed up our atmosphere <laughs> in in ways that we can't tell. But, I mean, how long has it been since we've had, like, a day of rain? Like, yeah. I had, I had an hour of us. rain. We, we had yeah, we an all-day deluge. We did, did not really? get enough. We got a little bit on that day, but it was not an all-day thing. Paul Slappy on Twitter is echoing your complaint, saying, I've got an early primary complaint. For the first time since 1915, the Yankees did not play on the 4th of July. So not only was that rare, it's the first time since that. 1915 that we talked about it. I mean, I think like nobody was paying attention and thought about that. Like, oh, they've played every 4th of July since 1915? We should probably schedule them for the 4th of it, July. It's very, very weird. And it's really unfortunate that it's a year where the Yankees are the best team in baseball so far this yeah. season. The Angels are far from that. <laughs> and always perfect segue. Uh, Phil Nevin, their interim manager, admitted that his pitcher was attempting to tip pitches on purpose. As crazy as this sounds, it was a cat and mouse game. Well, I don't were... know if it's like if he's trying to protect his pitcher from being 
an idiot. So Mike Trout can be seen on the Apple Plus broadcast, like mimicking the pitcher, almost in like disgust of like the the glove mimicking the glove of his pitcher Pagero, and say like he he's frustrated by saying like if away. I'm seeing this, everybody knows what pitch is coming. Well, Phil Nevin was like, well, in fact, we were doing that on purpose. <laughs> And he says uh, that all of the identifiable movements were intentional as part of his effort to try and make it look like he was tipping his pitches and fool the batter. The problem with this is his pitcher gave up four runs in two-thirds of an inning. Didn't get Just imagine inning. if they weren't doing this, Hutton, they would have given up four eight runs. runs. So, like, I, I, can you like, imagine being in the clubhouse, either pregame, postgame, whatever, and actually trying to... Have your pitcher go through the the mechanics of trying to tip your pitch without tipping your pitch. Like to, to well, fake I tip. want you to look as though that a fastball is coming, but actually you're going to throw a slider here, and then your your pitcher goes out and gives up four runs in two thirds of an inning. But see, that claim requires a follow up question. If you're claiming that you're intentionally doing it, then I'm thinking in my mind, okay, I buy that if there's a book on you and you're trying to do the opposite. So now my glove position shows slider, where before people are getting tipped that it's a slider, now it's fastball. So I've switched them. So I'm intentionally, I'm, I'm being very intentional about putting my hands in a certain spot and letting you believe it's something that it's not, because the book is out on me. Now, if that's the claim, and you want to follow up and ask the question, okay, Phil, so he's doing the opposite of what he was doing before? <laughs> because I'm looking at the video and the side-by-side, this is a slider, this is a fastball. So did you flip the two? And now suddenly he just had a bad day locating his pitches, and that's why he gave up four and two-thirds inning? But you were actually doing the opposite of what he normally does? That didn't, it doesn't hold water unless there's a follow-up question where you can explain that. Because what we're seeing is, and I, I've looked at the, the side-by-side photo, this is a slider, this is a fastball, this is the pitcher getting crushed. Over the course of one inning, here is your star outfielder in the outfield mocking your mocking own pitcher yeah. because he's showing the batters exactly what's going to happen. The Angels went on a good run after they fired Madden. It didn't last. They are seven games under five hundred. they They're 16 behind the Astros in the AL West. They're six and a half off the wild card with a billion teams ahead of them. It's just never going to work for the Angels. They have Trout. They have Otani, who's who's the best story in the history of baseball, who who gets no traction and should be the biggest attraction in the in the game. It's it's ridiculous that they cannot be better. Every time one of the two of them does something great, they lose the game. It's a disaster. And Phil Nevin, quite frankly, was a disastrous guy in New York. He's a good friend of Aaron Boone. And he did so badly as the third base coach, they fired him. He's now, shockingly, a manager because somebody else took him on and then got fired. Yankees are running the bases great this season. He was in charge of a lot of that last year. They were terrible at it. They they are a mess. And they got to do something next year to try to salvage things. It's unbelievable that that team, which is not that bad talent-wise and has two of the very best people in the game – can be this consistently bad. And if those two don't make a playoff appearance soon, I mean, you have wasted generational talents. There, it's, it's an organization that I always feel like they're just completely missing one facet that makes you a successful team. 
know, there'll be years where it's, man, they've got some really good young starting pitching and no hitting. And now you've got a situation where their, yeah. their staff is horrific and they have no pitching and they're a good offensive team with some good offensive talent. They can't ever balance it. Uh, whatever it is that makes an organization tick, where it, whether it be talent scouting, uh, managing. General management. Yeah, exactly. Managing your contracts. and They can't get the right balance of what a team should be. They're missing such a window here. It's, it's a crime against baseball. And you're talking about marketability. I mean, well, the baseball it goes much beyond just the Angels not being good. No, the I know, but there's two marketable the guys who uh, are are largely not marketable because their team consistently lets them down. Also, being on the West Coast doesn't help you. But the uh, the the Cardinals over the weekend, I believe it was Saturday, hit four consecutive home runs back to back to back to back. Only eleventh time in major league baseball history has that happened and they did it with two outs that's amazing and uh, end up winning by one run in that game but they had uh, goldschmidt who i believe remains the odds-on favorite for nl mvp right now no one would guess his name um he gets on gets on base through a walk, I believe, and then Arenado hits a two-run shot, and then three consecutive home runs followed that. Not every day you see that, and once in a blue moon. Well, there were two other things that happened yesterday that have never happened before. The Twins, I'm doing a Fox News rundown on this. I can't believe how often in baseball something happens that's never happened before. You, You would think the window of things that are available to happen that have never happened before has just shrunk down that, that it's not possible. Two things happened Monday that have never happened before. The Twins turned an 8-5 triple play. So the center fielder caught a ball that wasn't that hard, but it had a projected 8-20 batting average on it. And the guys on first and second took off. He threw it into the third baseman. Third baseman tagged one guy, stepped on second where the guy didn't tag up. Triple play. Had never happened in the history the of baseball third baseman before. stepped on second? So because they were shifting. Yeah. A lefty was up? Yeah. Okay. So, 8-5 uh, triple play. Never happened in the history of baseball before. Same day, Brewers beat the Cubs. First career home run for one guy. Inside the park home run for another guy. Walk-off home run for a third guy. Never had those three home runs happened in the same game before in the history of baseball. Two things on the same day. Never had happened. It's probably the same day that the 11th time in the history of baseball you got this four home runs. Yeah. Okay. So in a weekend, you had those three things out. It's unbelievable to me how often that can happen in baseball. It, also, it is, uh, it is nuts. The, the, the Phillies kept in their same pitcher for all four home runs in that game. <laughs> well, <laughs> once, once, three, once the first one's up, to be well, they're the only one run home runs after that. It's not that, it's not that punishing. Guys, we're good. Staying in here. That's only four runs. Serve it up. Come on. Keep serving it up. I got those first two outs, no problem. And then I had a little hiccup with four straight home runs, but I've I've got this thing now. At least I'm not tipping my Did he get out of the inning? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the inning ended uh, after the fourth homer. I mean, they already had two outs, so they're just like, surely they're not going to have five straight. Can this guy please get us to the fifth? (laughs) That's all we're asking. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, Chad, we, we previewed this earlier in the show, but let everyone know about your column that has now posted that was going to post yesterday, or tomorrow rather, but ended up posting earlier today. i got to check and see now if it's actually posted. <laughs> I was told it was going to post at uh, 3 o'clock, but I've not seen it. Um, so I'll I saw it on, on the screen with the QR code, so I'm assuming it's available. 
Yes. Okay. It is. It is up now. So we talking my college football yes. or my the okay. one that was going to post tomorrow. Gotcha. Um, the story comes out today about the Big Twelve wanting to go after Pac twelve schools. I wrote for Outkick about what the SEC and Big Ten should do under the mindset of global domination. Not what's best for the sport. This is not what I'm saying I want to happen. This is what I am saying will happen eventually. And if the SEC and Big Ten just want to go ahead and claim dominance and superiority over the sport, they would do this thing. And it involves adding eight teams immediately or as quick as possible to both conferences. You can find that at outkick.com. Also there from our July 4th columns, uh, Withrow's Guide to Theme Park Happiness. We'll dive into that throughout this hour. And when we come back, baseball's marketability and just comparing the July 4th weekend for me to how I now view it as the casual baseball viewer. Not a diehard fan by any means anymore. But I will flip on a game casually without the appointment viewing aspect of it. And the biggest difference is what's happening in between innings nowadays or on the commercial breaks for the fall, the summer, the spring, it doesn't matter. It's hard to find Major League Baseball players pushing products. And before you immediately think, well, there was only one or two guys in years past, we, we, we don't view these guys and brands the exact same way. And there are prime examples of it from the late 90s. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I don't know about you, but if you grew up in the 90s, or a previous decade for that matter, July 4th probably hit different for you than it did yesterday or this past weekend. Maybe not. I'll kick 360 rolls on, but definitely for me. Um, Look, July 4th, I grew up about an hour and a half from Nashville. And July 4th, we were starting the countdown to like a big neighborhood picnic that takes place at the end of July. And then right right around the edge of that weekend was college football really gearing up. So it was still about football. But... We were, there was a relationship between us and the television if there was baseball on. It was just, it was just known. It wasn't planned. But if baseball was on, we were watching MLB, especially this time of year. We were almost there for like the, the, the All-Star weekend, gearing up, and a home run derby. But we would actively be able to mimic players' batting stances, um, Aside from like the, the, and I pointed this out in the column at OutKick, guys, batting stances were one thing. And everybody, you, you can name anyone from King Griffey Jr. to Mo Vaughn. And if you drafted that roster on your team, where two or three per team would get up and try to mimic this stuff, you, you knew without needing to see anything how those guys' stances would be in the batter's box. Mimic them outside of the batter's box. All of it. And outside of the actual batting stances, we knew their nicknames. 
I uh, give me a, Aaron Judge, and we say all rise, almost a tongue in cheek. Is there a great baseball player with a good nickname right now? I mean, Mike Trout is the closest thing to Ken Griffey Jr. that we've seen in in regards to marketability. Ken Griffey Jr. had the first uh, player exclusive cleat brand with the Swingman brand. And Trout landed his own cleat exclusively through Nike in 2014. But, I mean, is he recognizable from the sense of you know him by another name other than Mike Trout? That, that to me, is distinctly the difference in this baseball era where I can turn on the TV and see Jimmy Garoppolo pushing product on, on a national campaign. The Browns don't want Baker Mayfield, but there's a national uh, agency that wants him as the spokesman for their product. And I don't see any Major League Baseball player anywhere. It's not just Otani and Trout and they've got Judge. and You can start naming all these players. Tell me where the clients are lining up with Major League Baseball in order to market these guys off the diamond. It's not happening. And, and there's a big line of, of distinction between this era and that era just from that alone. Vlad the Impaler is a pretty good nickname for Guerrero, but I don't know if it's widely known. Um, I think it's a terrific nickname. That's great, yeah. I think, um, I, I mean, I think I, I'm, you're totally on. I, I, I was never into stances, but I know a lot of people that were in swings. Oh, but, but I guess the biggest thing, Paul, on that is it's not like being into stances. I could, you, I, you give me a silhouette of a guy's batting stance, and you I could tell identify. you who that was. Everybody is very uh, cookie cutter for the most part. Like, if you got kids in the neighborhood together for a home run derby playing wiffle ball, they're not going to hold a draft where you're going to have an NLAL and no, all these no. all-stars, and they're not going to have any distinctive characteristics about who they're playing with. Well, it's not I, – I, I'm not defending it. I, I think it's sad the way it's gone. But I think it's less and less of a national game, too. And the way we talk about it with regard to – I don't want to say giving it a break – we're just smart enough, unlike a lot of people who think like baseball's dead, to acknowledge what it is, and it's a regional sport where if you're in New York, particularly this year if you're in New York, Yankees and Mets are doing very well for New York. But the Yankees and the Mets don't have a national following, and people in St. Louis aren't going to watch the Yankees and the Mets if they're on Sunday night baseball. And I think you've lost the thing where – outside of maybe Aaron Judge and a couple guys that a kid who's really into baseball might know and they might buy an Aaron Judge jersey, maybe, if you're a big baseball guy. Outside of the biggest couple of guys, Otani, Trout, Judge, you're, you don't have a national personality. You've got a local personality. So Aaron Judge has a lot of advertising in New York, and I imagine Mike, Mike Trout does in Southern California, but it's not national branding Hardly. It's local branding, which brings them a lot of money, marketing money on top of their well, contracts, but not on national. Well, you know, I Googled this. So, Chad, you can, you can look up endorsement deals. A lot of the player endorsements today are through Rawlings, who is owned by Major League Baseball. Yeah. So I, I just set that aside. If they're listing Rawlings as endorsement deals, it that counts count. for their bottom line. But it doesn't. But Major League Baseball runs the company now. So I'm looking outside of that. And, I mean, there's not a gaming console. There's not um, a tire brand. I mean, if you just look up Griffey's endorsements, 
uh, no more Garcia Park. Like it, it just lists all these different brands throughout their career that they were associated with. And it's very difficult to find anything more than one or two players that have multiple national brands. Yeah, it's just changed. But Jimmy G. Has, yeah, I saw that the other day. on Subway. On a Subway commercial where but, they have Tom Brady and Venus Williams. Yeah, it's and his mom and the ad. People. It's about him being good looking. And it's Italian. not. It's not really the same. I don't know. It's but it's still oh, she's but in there, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's a different spin on it. Um, great column, by the way, Hutton, with this because it got me thinking about my childhood and Fourth of July. And I had a cousin who always visited from out of town. Him and his, him and his my my other cousin, his brother, and we'd play a game where he would name a player, and my grandmother had an exact replica of Hank Aaron's bat. He hit seven fifty five with in her living room, and we'd pick Massive it up bat, right? in the living room. Huge, yes. And I remember being a kid, and he'd say Jim Tomey. And I could get into the Jim Tomey stance. Ron Gant, yes. Terry Pendleton. Yes. I mean, I'm not talking about guys with national, right? You know, ad dollars coming their way, but baseball players, Robin Yount, and I get, get in the stance. All these guys I mean, back in the day, and yeah. I knew all of them, and they were huge St. Louis Chuck Cardinals Knobloch. fans. But just because they were Cardinals fans, didn't mean they couldn't get into the stance of Julio Franco or whoever we would name Kent Herbeck. <laughs> I mean, we knew all of these guys then. Craig Council. I mean, here's an easy one. If I said Hideo Nomo right now, how many adults could immediately do the Hideo yes. Nomo delivery and go all, I, all the way back? And yes, and I left, big and I left pitchers out of the whole column because I could go well, down a whole different rabbit hole with that too. Here's where I'm going to – and Paul, you're right in what you're saying. It's more of a regional sport now, but we let Major League Baseball off the hook way too much. Because the real question is, well, why? Yeah, it's up to them. I mean, there were regional telecasts back then, too. I wasn't watching a ton of national baseball games back in the early 90s, late 80s, you know, mid-90s. But and I it's, knew it's all not these like guys. ESPN lost their interest in the sport. I mean, ESPN can bury you just by not well, acknowledging it. Well, it has. You. It doesn't have baseball tonight Baseball anymore. tonight was a big part of my childhood. Me and, too. The, and the sound. Yeah, but of they, that. they still have Sunday night baseball. Um, you know, you, you can tune into the network and get your highlights. But it's also not, it's not ESPN's, it's not on ESPN to make it a national sport. Major League Baseball needs to do a better job. The individual teams need to do a better job through Major League Baseball, through their broadcast partners, and get active in getting with national brands to, to promote these guys, to get some ad dollars coming in, to get them in national you know, commercials. Um, I, I think too often we just fall back on, well, it's just the way things are now. And I understand that with the changing of times, things are going to naturally change. But I watch Major League Baseball today, and I'm not watching a dying product. I think there are very good players out there. The, yes. the level of play has never been better in, in many, many ways. The, the one problem we get into a lot is you know pace of play. Well, strikeouts. There's too it. many strikeouts. But that's because pitchers are awesome. Well, I like agree If you are that. a fan of good pitching... You're you're in your heyday right well, now. Major League what Baseball. I agree with that, but baseball also likes home run. You know, just the, the three, mean, I, I, three there's, outcomes. There's plenty of home runs. I also in don't think too. Major League Baseball likes individuality. It doesn't. It's homo- they, uh, homogenized product, and that that that's is, a problem. That is there where no they've Ricky really Henderson's, lost. They're no yeah I huge personnel. But just think about so. Not only did you know know these guys by their names, you knew them by their nickname 
I mean, everyone from the, the Big Hurt, The Kid, Crime Dog, Iron Man, uh, Rafi, Big Mac, uh, Mr. Padre, Juan Gon, Juan Gonzalez in Texas. I mean, they're, again, like the, the recognizable aspect of the league right now is hurting. And it's not, it, it, to me, it's not just the individual player's responsibility. I'm, I, I lean to what Chad's saying. I mean, Major League Baseball, um, they were not into um, Trevor Bauer even prior to his two-year suspension. They hated the guy because of his vlog where he would take the camera behind the scenes and take you on road trips in the hotel, into the clubhouse, and take you on the day-to-day aspects of it. And if he got a letter in, the, in, his, in his locker where he's getting fined, he opened it up and showed you on camera his reaction to it. Yeah, they should have embraced Major League that. Baseball hated that. Is, and and there there's a there's a big disconnect with that now because I, I think the, the social media era of this they, they need more of it and more I, I see them embracing now Altuve was doing a, on Sunday Night Baseball it was last weekend or the week prior he was doing a live interview in the middle of the game much like an All Star game it was like third or fourth inning they've been doing more of those yeah. which is good and, and that's that's cool but they it, we need more of that. And, and less of the very broad scope that they paint this league with nowadays. It's pretty well, good. Now, I mean, Aaron, Judge, it, Aaron Judge and Mike Trout are both tremendous ball players who like do everything right, and they're both very vanilla, and I think consciously so. Like That's just what they are. Uh, and you're right. I mean, I think it suppresses stars if you're an outspoken, flashy guy. I don't know that you're, but it's you're also as weird doors because I watch. You know, I don't watch a lot of it, but if you turn on a TV and watch a college baseball game, those guys Just are doing whatever it. the heck they want out there and going crazy. Kids baseball, Paul, you follow it? I mean, I'm sure there's some outspoken players and they've got some flair. Guerrero seems to have playing. some flair, and uh, but where does he play? Well. I mean, I mean, they're going to be this spread This is America's out. pastime. Like, I, I don't remember getting behind a lot of Blue Jays or Expos back in the day. Oh, that, but, I mean, but, but pay, where, you, where you played didn't matter. I this, still knew Dante Bichette with the Rockies. He was out there playing in Denver. I mean, yeah, but I, Griff was in Toronto. Every, every team was represented in an all-star draft right, that we would have. Right, but I'm, I, I'm saying, personally, maybe you guys are different. I didn't root for Canadian teams. Or players. Uh, no. That's just a, a hard stance. Yeah, 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 but like you he's know. saying, there was one but on every team. Okay, but you let's, somebody let's from put the blame where it belongs. It's on baseball to figure this out and get it right. And is the issue that they have that we're going to alienate our older fans if we allow individuality in the sport, that they're going to be so turned off by it and we're not going to draw enough new fans to have it be a problem? Because I'll go back to this. Maybe some. When I was in love with baseball in the early 90s, I knew every player that was playing. Uh, I knew the nicknames. I knew the stances. I knew the pitching deliveries, everything else. And I don't recall my dad's generation being turned off by that or by the game with whatever was happening then. So I mean, let's take a chance on fact, something different. In fact, the ratings different. went up during the steroid era. And I, I still love it the same way I did, especially when my team's good. My team's good now. I like nothing more than going home and having that game on – it's just on. Like, I'm not necessarily married to it. I think it's the best sport that way. Like, you can plug in and out of a baseball game without being, you know, football's the edge of your seat. You got to be there for the whole thing. Baseball, because there's no clock, 
I, I, that's one thing I think it fails to do also is embrace its differences. I've said that since we've been together as a show. It's different, and that's good. There's no clock. How great is that? They, they figured out a game that doesn't have to be timed. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Now, you've let it slow down too much to a crawl, and you got to get better, and you're too accepting of strikeouts, and there's too many foul balls and all of that stuff. I think they let too much stuff go for too long, and they don't know how to reel it back in. It's almost like a bureaucracy. You know? I, I, just, I, I think it's too easy to just go with the defeated, well, it's just changed, and this is the way things are now, and it's the way it always has to be. I, I think that there are guys that are playing today that could have more of a national recognition to I think their so, name. too. And I think there's and, ways and to change brand. it. Theo Epstein's in the league office now. He's a guy that, that changed some things in the wrong direction, maybe. Who knows how to undo them? Get to work. Where, where, where is your work product? So I just did a quick Google search of Yao Ming in the NBA. His endorsement deals, Apple, Visa, Garmin, McDonald's. Where is Otani's national brand? International brand? Um, it doesn't matter who he plays for. Think about that. Like, if you're pitching and you're I hitting agree. home runs, it should not matter who you're playing for and whether or not that team wins at a high rate. The Angels do not. But and it's unheard of. But what he's point doing. being, like, where is where are the companies that would have lined up a decade ago for this, fifteen years ago from this, um, that in the same way that you play into the the Yao Ming aspect of it, where you have another player, maybe you team up with Trout and you're going through the different apps that you can get through your Apple phone and what's popular for Otani is different for Trout and you play up the aspects of what's different about them. Like it it play it would play well in a 30 second to 60 second commercial. But they'd rather those same brands, those same sponsors would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo buying a Subway sandwich or you know going to Baker Mayfield to push insurance. At a, at a random, you know, insert team here for 2022. I, I think there's a little bit. I don't know how widespread this is. I can't imagine Vlad Guerrero, and I know it's not an American team, Chad, passing up on stuff. But I do have the feeling like if I'm recollecting Trout right, he just doesn't want it. He just wants to focus on baseball, and he's not interested in doing the other stuff. And I, I don't know how you change that if you've got some guys that are like that who just don't – they're making enough – in in baseball that they don't want it for the money and they don't have a personality that wants to do it and baseball somehow has loaded up on some of those guys and it's it's a weird thing it is well then eventually no it one hurts wants the to, sport no one wants to sponsor them bryce harper was the name that came to mind because he's got a national gatorade ad that i see often during baseball games but i, I can't think of many other guys who are on a national advertising campaign and bryce harper right now is not the first name that comes to mind when i think about Major League Baseball superstars. Some of these pitchers Even should be, too, star. like long-time guys. Like, where's, where's Kershaw been or Verlander? Max Scherzer. Or Scherzer. But there's, a, there's an era. Where, like, where did the line – where was the line drawn with this? From where we went through, you know, you had a handful of pitchers. Like, there was a distinct style and brand to it's, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez – um, we could uh, even Greg Maddox, the, we, the kind of Greg geeky Mad thing. We could draft Mike Mussina and mimic Mike Mussina on the mound. Like, but there's you can't do that nowadays, and and it's not just like a 2020 issue. Like th this decade, I'm saying it's this has been going on for quite some time, and I'm not sure where they decided. 
you know, we're going to jump off this moving train and be more about MLB than we are uh, the name on the back of the jersey. And that it, to me, that's odd, especially for... And it's hurt them. You know, the NFL tried to do the opposite. The NFL tried to come up with a way that you distinctly knew these guys, even though they're wearing a, Let's get a helmet, helmet and a face mask Let's to cover their face. The yeah. yeah. Here's what, and I don't want to answer the question on the, the line of demarcation between when this was a national big sport brand in baseball and when it's not, because oftentimes that lines up with the end of our own adolescence. But I feel like it's right around the time of 9-11. I feel like post-championship with the Diamondbacks into the aughts and past is when you saw a decline in terms of national branding for players and teams even. In Major League Baseball, yeah, but even the, even those areas. I'm not had, saying it's because well, they of were still Piazza. I'm just saying right Jeter, around there. and and Clemens throwing that bat at Piazza and Bonds around then. Yeah, Bonds was happening after that. Like there, I don't, I don't know if it's because of the the home run saga and all that. Maybe that's part of it too. I don't know. Well, but, the the Bonds, yeah, steroid. I, I I don't know. Again, like as you grow older, you think differently and care differently about sports. So. I'm in college at that time, and that's when I stopped caring as much as I did a- as a kid. So maybe, maybe it's different you know, for everyone when it happened. But the bottom line is it's happened. So how do you address it as a sport if, and is if it you're too major league baseball? Gone? Is it too far gone? I, I don't know how much they recognize it and see it as a problem is the other thing. Well, here's the where leadership it's be a, here's, is an issue. Here's where the problem is going to be recognized, and it's going to be just like the NBA with older fans when they watch The Last Dance. When people tune in and watch The Captain, which I think they're going to, they are going to reminisce about that time. And then they're going to look at today's game and the game today, and it's not going to be the same to them. Not to the level of 90s NBA compared to today, but there's going to be some people that get very nostalgic about this documentary and watching this. So the, the column in my, that I had in mind was more about how we could mimic not the top crust, the upper crust of the league, but you're, I'm going a shelf or two below. Like, how is Pete Alonzo not a household name in Major League Baseball right now? The guy loves the home run derby, shows up and produces at that event. That in and of itself is a marketable He's aspect a That's for a Pete problem. Alonso. There's no problem with that. Zero problem with him being a New York Met. And from a, a, a marketability aspect, he's got the outgoing personality that I would want to attach myself with. But the, the, the big brands don't even want to be associated with the top individuals. I, 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 wrote, I wrote this down. You know, Aaron Judge, he's going to be, there would be a line of teams if he's a completely unrestricted free agent next offseason. Outside of the Yankees, they'll be lined up wanting Aaron Judge on their team. I want to believe that after this season, there will be a line of advertisers that would want that same thing. Immediate history tells me that's not going to happen. But the 1997 version of me says, please let that happen because Major League Baseball needs more of that and that type of exposure. So when they're not, I'm not the casual, I'm not the the appointment viewer for, for their product. I'm the casual viewer that's flipping by, and for the sake of that, they should want more individualism within their marketabil- marketability I'm of not, their players. I'm not making excuses for it. I think one thing with Judge is this is only the second healthy season he's had. He's not through it yet. 
But I think if you're considering Aaron Judge over the last several years, you say, well, the damn guy, uh, if you sign him up, he, he's going to disappear right in the heart of baseball season, which is what he's done every year since, since his first year. He's 30, and he's disappeared for a good chunk of the season. I'm going to have him on an ad, um, and he's, he's going to be on the bench on the, on the I.L. Well, I use a good barometer for this, uh, my parents, and who they would know if they were, yeah. saw someone on a television. Yeah. And they watch Braves games every day. And they know the Braves line up backwards and forwards. I don't think they would know who Aaron Judge was if they watched him play the Braves. Um, and that's because there's just no, going back to what you said, Paul, there's just no national. It's very regional with them. And a lot of people are very yeah, local. How, how has he not hosted Saturday Night Live? Who was the last like, Major League Baseball player to host SNL, I wonder? I'm going to look that up now. Jeter? Jeter hosted. Yeah, probably, probably was Jeter. But, you know, there, there are plenty of examples of how we've gone down a, a different path with their approach. I don't know if he's got the personality. And I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, wh- what they do to get it back on track, if they even want it. But it's a distinctly different. This, this era uh, and this, this type of player. Coming up, we get into Withrow's Guide to Theme Park Happiness. If you're about to head on a vacation this month before school starts back, you will want to hear his recommendations for you and do's and don'ts as you, let's just start with park at the theme park. It's important info. This is next now Kick 360. Very important. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I know a lot of uh, dads, moms out there listening, maybe you've already been on the vacation. You're going into the final stretch before school starts next month. Outkick 360 rolls on. Several, I'm sure, are listening right now that are thinking, you know what, we're about to begin that. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's the next coming weeks prior to school starting back. But Chad Withrow is here for you with some do's and don'ts for what you must do and what you must stay away from at the theme park near you. Number one, uh, this is a very important rule. Set your expectations very low. When you go into something like this, and here's what I mean by that. It's not that you're not going to have fun and you're not going to be appreciative of the time spent with your family at a theme park at the end of it. It's what I always tell my daughter and I told myself as a little kid. If you go to the doctor's office and you know you're going to get a shot and you're the least bit afraid of needles, if you convince yourself in the way to the doctor's office that this is going to be the worst pain of my life and you psych yourself up to believe that and then you close your eyes and it happens... Your response is always, oh, that was it? It's over? Great. Perfect. No problem. This is the same approach you must take psychologically when you're taking the entire family uh, on, a, on a trip to the theme park. Um, something that was big for our trip to Dollywood is always say yes to the parking upgrade. I think it was a $20, $25, $30 difference in parking which in the moment sounds, upgrade. sounds massive. Exorbitant. Sounds a lot. And I looked at the guy and I said, because you know, you're in a line going through, and I said, quickly, what is the parking upgrade? What's premium parking entail? And he kind of looked at me and said, you're going to want to do it 
He said, you're, the, the park hadn't opened yet. And he's like, by the judging by this crowd, you're not going to regret it. You get to park an area right next to this. Do it. Which means you don't have to ride a trolley. And I got right? and the guy was like, you made the right decision. You made the right decision. You're not in a trolley or the tram to go up to the entrance. Yeah. We parked, I'm not kidding you, 50 feet from the entrance and walked right up. And we got to park in a way that we were right there on the exit. So we left easily when it was time to leave the park. Um, I'm not going to go through all 10. You can go read it at outkick.com. Avoid the fights. I, I enjoyed I would, that one. I would say, uh, you know, have a plan of attack. That's one area where I failed. We didn't print off the map in advance. We didn't plan different parts of the park to go to and kind of work our way back to the entrance and maybe start at the end yeah, and then work way to the entrance. Didn't really plan. Um, took Evie on one of the biggest wooden roller coasters in the world to start and the fastest. So I got to know, I knew the threshold of pain. <laughs> and acceptance right away, which was good. Got that well, out of the way. What was the, the gauge bar. on that? What did, uh, she uh, screamed and cried the whole way, but the moment it was over, she Love said, can it. we do it again? We did not do it again, but we went to something easier after that. And Hutton, you're right. Resist the urge to file for divorce in the middle of your trip to the theme park. Not even filing for divorce, but making everyone around you think that you're filing for divorce. I saw four separate incidents where, I mean, I thought park authorities were going to have to be called because a mom and a dad were at each other's throat over their kids being ungrateful little brats, asking for something, and they are arguing over the smallest thing because it is sweltering hot, you're a little bit dehydrated, your kids are on your nerves, and the inclination is to lash out at your partner that you're with, your Don't spouse, lash. your significant other. Just walk away. My advice was the moment you feel, and I, honestly, we had a good day. I never felt this urge. But if you feel the urge, my advice is to ask everyone if they'd like something to drink and go and get a drink. Yeah, somewhere don't dehydrate. Stand, and then come back. And by the time you get back, you've probably already forgotten about whatever you were arguing about or thinking about arguing about. The worst altercation that I saw was a grandmother. I kid you not excommunicating herself from her entire family because they would not get a map. She wanted to get the map to start the day. They didn't get it. And I mean, she was telling everyone in the family how they completely embarrassed her. And she was ashamed of all of them. And they just sat there and took it. That is uh, quite helpful. I'm not going anywhere near an amusement park for the record. Um, Simon doesn't want to go to one. I'm sure he'd love to go to one, but there's nothing in range. I'm not driving hours to go to an amusement park. Oh, we're going to be going. Dollywood uh, is two and a half, three hours. Yeah, away. we're going to Dollywood. As I said, I'm not going week. hours. I'm looking forward to this. You'll like right, it. with uh, You'll the like coasters it. and stuff. It's the a water really... park as well. Did you hit the water park? No, we want to go back and hit Dollywood Splash Country. That's uh, it. Is the water park? There's like three or four water parks in Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, on the way up too. But the, that's probably the best one. I want to get back to that with the kids. I love a good water park. Uh, Hutton, you'll like it. It's also, um, it's way bigger than I expected. Like I've been to Kings Island. You've said I've been before. to some really big the theme parks before. I've not been to Disney. I was, I, I correct myself. I went to Disney where I was like seven or eight years old. Don't really remember much about it. But um, this one's gigantic. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> it's big. The berries. <laughs> way, way bigger than you Maybe think about the berries. Yeah, the berries. They're huge. They're huge. First thing you should know about the berries, they're huge. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to this as well. And it's... Um, It'd be great if there just were, as far weren't as the, a lot of other people there. As far as the... Well, you went... You go on the weekend? Yes. All right. We'll compare notes because I'm going in the middle of the yeah, week. That's, that's the way to go. We went on a Saturday. 
the one just awful line we were in was for a ride that, quite frankly, is not worth it. It's like the Dollywood equivalent of the Grizzly River Rampage from Opryland days, mm-hmm. which is just every park has that, where the entire family gets in uh, like one a of those big little tube, yeah, big inner seats. tube thing. It's circular, yeah. and you're going to get wet and hit water. And Lucy got we dropped. It was me and Lucy on one side, and we dropped right back into the, oh, the way to start. And she didn't know she was going to get wet, and it was she was in tears. Good parental the warning, time right that. Well, I looked over like this is going to be bad because I'm like, all right, here we go, Lucy. We're going to get a splash. And well, you're thinking so, too, like we've got like a one in four chance of being the back end of a of the of the right. tube, right? So you're like, oh, we'll roll the dice, and sure enough, you always sit in the seat that's going to be the one. That gets the that's wettest. a great ride, though. It's always a great ride. Yeah, the the weight was not good. Yeah, the long that weight. Yeah. That's one where it really fools you. You think like, oh, the, here it is, and there's the area. And then you get back there, and there's like 15 different cycles you have to go through in the line. You don't see when you get in the line. You go up a bridge, down, and then, oh, it's another 30 minutes when you get to the base of it. That was a problem. What they should do is they should build that ride, and then they should build that ride again right next to it. See? Yeah. And then... You'd wait half as long. Coming up tomorrow, Michael McCann will join us. Legal experts will discuss all things Deshaun Watson and the offseason that has been about litigation across the National Football League. We'll dive into that. Plus, Dan Dockage will join us for Outkick Headlines. We hope you'll join us starting at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern across the Outkick Network. Don't block the box, but lock the locks.